we not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last one. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. I'm Joey Lewandowski. Oh, nope, 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 nope. This is episode one. Or this is lap one, episode one. I don't know how to intro this, Joe. I really don't know. Are we going to say this is episode one? Or are we going to say this is episode one, the Fast and the Furious lap one? Are we going to say this is episode one, lap one? I don't know. I'm at a loss right here. I think you have to I'm say the title of the movie. I think you have to say it. I'm Joe, too. Sorry. <laughs> So, so, okay, so how we did, we've done a lot of planning for this, although as soon as the tape started rolling, I realized we have nothing planned in reality. Yeah. We're going to fly by the seat of our pants. We're going to ride or die on this one. How do you think we should, how should we intro this? I think it should go the movie, The Fast and the Furious. Okay. Episode one. So we're like episode one. Lap one. Episode one, The Fast and the Furious, lap one. No, I think, I think you should say the name of the movie first. Episode one, lap one. Well, like for Zach Attack, you may know us from Zach Attack, our Zach Efron podcast. Maybe, maybe not. I would do like episode thirty, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure Two, from whatever year. Yeah. So I would say the episode first, and then the name of the movie. I'm just wondering. I feel like it's natural to say this is episode whatever, the name of the movie, and then we could say lap one. I think that's okay, probably that what's going to be. But I, I, yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. That's not too bad. So we're going to keep all of this in, but I'm going to redo it just so I can feel the vibe of it. All go right. Ahead, start from yeah. Go ahead. This is episode one, The Fast and the Furious, lap one. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. There we go. That felt good. Did you, that feel good to yeah, you? Yeah, that, 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 felt, that felt warm. I liked it. Okay, cool. We're going to get into the podcast, but uh, as you know, this is going to go on forever. To support that, we, we called in some big guns this time. Oh, we had no sponsors for Zack Attack, but here... I don't think we've ever had sponsors for anything. Have you ever had sponsors for anything on Cage Club? No, no. Actually, no. This is the first one that we have. I think I think you were able to secure different sponsors for every episode. Yeah, for infin- I have Infinity sponsors lined up. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just to, you know, let's like shout out to our sponsors here. Episode one is brought to you by Corona. You can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. And that was my... Oh, fuck. I was supposed to cue. They're going to get mad at me. Hold on. <laughs> there you go. Ah. Uh, mm. Corona. Mm. So yeah, this is the start of Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe and I are going to watch one Fast and the Furious movie per month forever. forever. When we finish our other two podcasts that are launching this month, Magic Mike's and Boyfriend Material, which actually will never end. Just like Zack Attack, they will never end. They will just reach their the end of phase one when we catch up. When those two end, we're going to focus we're going to double down on this one make it more often and we have a lot of things planned for that we actually honestly have too much planned for this considering we are three or four years away from that happening it's just gonna go on forever uh we have lots of this is obviously lap one that's a little bit of a hint we're not gonna spoil anything we're just gonna keep looping them so it's gonna be fucking boring to talk about just the movie every time so we got a bunch of ideas for different laps and how this is gonna work there'll be some theme laps yeah I, i hope it works out well i'm excited for it one thing we have to mention right here at the top of the show is that so when before we did cage club before we did keanu club i i I scoured the internet and i looked for other things and when we did cage club there were a couple other cage podcasts out there i can't vouch for content i I listened to a couple episodes of a couple of them it felt like they were there to make fun of him which was never our goal and i still think that's not our goal for anything no we don't want to make fun of anything if it's bad we'll say it's bad but we're not trying to make fun of anything we're we're not not we never bash anything we're always we're always positive i find the positive in everything that we do so it's a really painful 
painful experience and a painful experiment and thought process to go into something watching things ironically. Like, it works for some things. It works for How Did This Get Made, which yeah. did Fast 5, 6, 7, 8. They did those four movies on that podcast. Oh, wow. But, like, for each of those, they're a celebration. Like, they're not, like, they do a lot of bad movies, but those are just, like, these are so crazy. Literally, How Did These Get Made? Because these are so over the top, yeah, and they're, they're just, just wonderful. Fun, yes. There were a couple other Cage podcasts. They seem to make fun of them, but when Mike and I went through, Mike Manzi, who has been on, who's my Cage Club co-host, Keanu Club co-host, watched the Theron co-host, which launches also today. Our first episode, Children of the Corn 3, is available at cageclub.me and wherever you find podcasts. When we went through Cage, we really put the others to shame in terms of completeness, in terms of frequency, in you terms of everything. Like, I think that we were one of the first ones to really cover every movie. I did not do that for this podcast because we were like, oh, this has never been done before, but we found out that there's another podcast called No One Likes the Tuna, which did exactly this. Doesn't seem to be in existence anymore. Yeah, it's, it's they had an idea, but but we're completers, as you know. We're gonna complete this to infinity. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna Buzz Lightyear the fuck out of this to infinity to Zephinity and, and beyond and beyond. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't start playing the movie in the background. I think every lap, at least this first lap, I'm gonna watch the movie, take notes. Yep. Then I'm going to watch the movie while we record it. Do you think that's a good idea? Because we are going to see these movies. I guess it doesn't hurt, because we're going to see them infinite times anyway. I, that's I what saying, I mean. What, you, what's one, you want to add another? Yeah. What's what, What's one more? <laughs> what's one more, right? Okay. I got a plan in the background. Shout out to Corona. You can have any brew you like, as long as it's Corona. Do we want to just start talking about the movie? What What is your goal? I don't know. Let, let's go back to uh, No One Likes the Tuna. So they... They have like fifty or sixty episodes, I think, which is actually a lot for That's just an amateur podcast. Like we're I didn't know that we're they amateur podcasts, yeah. But we do have sponsors now. I can't, we have sponsors. I can't figure out when they began because the first like forty or fifty episodes were all uploaded to iTunes and SoundCloud and all these oh, other places like, on, on the, the same, same day. Yeah, on the same day we talked about this. That's right. And the only episode they were released in the last like thirteen or fourteen months was when Fate of the Furious came out. They came back for one movie for one episode. So I don't know what their history was. They did a bunch. They have a couple thousand fans on Facebook, which is great for them. I just don't know the history of that. They're not active currently. I wonder if they will ever find out about us. I'm not going to reach out to them, but maybe they will. I would. I would be open to a crossover episode. I would love to talk these movies with them for sure. I would like it. But yeah, so we know that no one loves the tuna exists a great quote from this very film which we will get into shortly but i wanted to make sure that we knew that you knew that we knew that they existed so yeah we're still going to keep going forward it was a little bit of a bummer when i found out that somebody else had done this already and done a bunch but that said i don't give a fuck this isn't our first rodeo we had zach attack as a learning experience Joe and I have been friends for over a decade, That's crazy so we knew how to talk to each other, but, you know, we learned how to talk to each other on mic, we figured out how to make it sound good, at least, you know, sonically, maybe not what we're saying, yeah. but, you know, in terms of, like, the production quality. <laughs> we learned a lot, and I think that we're going to get off to the right foot here. I'm really excited to do this, and, you know, shout out to No One Loves the Tuna for having a great idea just like us. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, one, before we get into it, what okay. what are your goals day one for Too Fast, Too Forever. The number one goal, which is 
pretty much my number one goal for all the podcasts, and I've hit this every one. I don't want to miss a deadline. Okay. I want to release a, an episode forever, monthly, and then whatever it winds up being, if it becomes weekly or whatever. That's my number one. I want to be consistent. Okay. Whoever finds this and likes this and listens to this and enjoys this, I feel like consistency in delivering when you say you're going to deliver is important. We might not have a huge fan base to start. Nah, never. I hope that people find us and love this. Hopefully. But for those people who do listen, I think it's important. Like, you know, I wake up on Monday mornings and I know that I can listen to Comedy Bang Bang while I drive to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's something that I know is there every Monday morning. Yep. I want to be able to say on the first of the month every month or whatever we eventually wind up doing, if you like this thing, we will be there for you. So that's my number one goal overall. Okay. Number two, I just want to get real weird with it. I want to get real deep into these movies. I don't have any sense of the type of delirium, the level of delirium, the specific type of insanity that we're going to force upon ourselves by talking about these movies, if not talking about the movies, like talking about other things within the guy, within the context of these movies. I don't know what's going to happen to our brains over these next forever years, but I am excited to do this, and you know, there's no one I'd rather do it with than you. There's a lot of types of family, and you're the one I chose. We chose this one. Yeah. What about you? What are your goals for Too Fast, Too Forever? My goals are just to get to just never hate them like that's that's my ultimate goal is just like i think that's important yeah i want to make it through this and just always find something fun <laughs> and new in them and just not get to a point where i'm just like god i'm so miserable and i think that maybe there'll be a lap that i feel like that i mean probably <laughs> but i think that you can just get through it like running a marathon you know you just hit that like 20th mile or something and you're just like yeah i gotta gotta get past it did you hear in real life there was a woman who there's apparently the super marathon which is 100 miles oh shit she this woman just broke the world record by over an hour it was like 13 hours and change and she did it in 12 hours and change which is crazy Mm -hmm. she averaged like 740 or something a mile or something like that that's insane that's an insane pace for 13 hours okay go ahead i know they asked what her secret was, and she said that at mile 80, she chugged a beer. Oh. That is awesome. Like, I loved that. I hope it was a Corona. Shout out to I, I was just going to say, shout out Corona. You can, she could drink any brew she wanted as long as it was a Corona. But yeah, so I mean, in terms of like, you know, if that woman can run 100 miles in under 13 hours, we can watch a Fast and Furious movie every month forever. I think, I mean, I think you so. know, I definitely it's, think the, so. it's almost the easiest thing we can do. Pretty much. Yeah, so, okay, cool. So we laid out what our goals are. I think we talked about what what this show is going to be about. Well, actually, before we go further, jumping off your last point, you said you hope that you never hate any of these movies. Are there any that you think you kind of hate or don't like? Because I know that we we both ranked our lists before we watched the first one. Yes. Are there any of the eight that you're like, ugh, I'm not really looking forward to rewatching that? Yes. Do you want do you want to just go through our list? I think this is a good place to start. I think so too. I just want yeah. this I want this out there and I think that another one of my little goals is that every lap I'm not gonna look at this list. I'm gonna re rank them. You know I'm very forgetful if you listen to Zach Attack, so I will have no idea what my previous oh, list Jesus, was like. Truly. And I'm just gonna see if my list changes, if it happens to stay the same. If any movies start climbing up, because I mean, like, you know, fourth, I haven't seen, you know, six through eight more than once or twice. So actually here, so before we get into the rankings, let's establish our credentials, because I know that, so we've obviously both seen all eight movies. Yes. I've only seen most of them once. Only seen most of them once? Yeah. So before this, I know, but I love them. Okay. Before this, I had seen one once, two once, three, like three or four times. One once. One once. Damn. Two once. Okay three like three or four times four once five like three or four times six like two or three times seven i think twice and eight 
once. Okay. So what about you? I know that you've seen, your numbers are going to dwarf mine. I, I've seen one enough to where I could probably quote the movie in my sleep. Okay. Um, two, I've seen 20 times. Okay. Three, probably closer to 50. Four, twice. <laughs> um, five, six to ten times. Okay. Six, seven, and eight, once or twice including a theater viewing. Important to lay down the groundwork that you're the real expert here. I mean, I've got the passion as well, but like in terms of the history, the hours spent, you were clearly uh, ahead of me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, one was classic. It came out when uh, I was a little... This is this was one of my questions. Before we get into the thing, I had like a little interview question that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Where, when, how did you consume this movie first? Do you remember your first time you watched this? The first one. The first one, the first time. That's it. Yes. The first movie in the franchise that I saw, and we might have talked about this on a Zack Attack episode. I don't remember. The first one that I saw was Fast Five. Mm. Because I would, I had been listening to How Did This Get Made, and they did Fast Five, and okay. I was watching it, and I was like, all the movies that they do there, I was sort of assuming that they were going to be bad. So I was watching, I'm like, this is just crazy over the top. But by the end, it won me over because it was just so zany, filled with joy and craziness, absolutely. And so I listened to the episode, they were like, this movie is amazing. And so after I saw Five, because Six had hadn't been out yet, so I saw six, seven, eight in theaters. After I saw five, I then went and Best Buy had like a set for the first five that I bought, and I watched them one a night, I think, for like five nights. Okay. So it was, this would have been 2011 or 2012, I think. Okay. Several years ago. Yeah, I haven't seen this in a while. I remembered a lot of it, because I think a lot of, because the wonderful thing about these movies, and some people might say this is a bad thing, is that a lot, a wonderful thing to me is that a lot of this is recycled in loving ways in future movies. Like, characters come back, lines come back, the themes are the same. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of the lines in this, you know, they're iconic lines. We've talked about it a lot, getting ready for this. So even though I'd only seen this movie once, I remembered a lot about it, and I it felt like I knew it, but that's my before. I don't want to. I don't want to inject my opinion yet into what I thought of it this time. But okay. what about you? When was the first time? Did you, did you see this first one in theaters? No, I, I was a okay. little young for that. This is two thousand one. I yep. was born in eighty nine, so eleven, twelve. You would have been eleven or twelve, yeah. I was like eleven or twelve. I remember exactly how I saw it. I watched it on stolen cable. Ooh, yeah. My parents had like a firmware flashed. Statute of limitations is passed. Yeah, exactly. And like, blame them, <laughs> not me. I didn't do it. I was fucking 12. I mean, it would have been cool if I did, but I didn't. It was on like, I caught it on like HBO one night. Okay. It, like, it was on. Dude, I fucking loved it. I loved it a ton. And I just remember being super stoked on it. It was just funny to me. And I was a little boy and it was about cars and racing and it was cool. You know, like you're like just getting into the idea that you know you're going to drive soon. Plus you grew up around cars because your parents own a car rental company. Yes, my parents own a car rental company. It's across the street from a Porsche dealership. I was like into cars already and I was just like this just checked off all the box and it was kind of like you know teenagery hipstery you know what i mean yeah. like the, like this wasn't like an old man car movie like Smokey and the no. bandit or you know i mean you know any of these whatever like the ones that my dad liked were all like older like dukes right. of hazard kind of shit this was like kids tuners were new this was it you know this was the new wave so has there ever been a, a point in time where you hated this movie or have you always loved it Mm-mm. always you loved always this movie loved yeah this movie has a special place in my heart okay me and all my friends here that we've talked about on on Zack Attack before I've seen this movie so many times that Zack and I can sit there and just like go through the whole movie one night not too long ago Matt was watching the first one he would like say where he was in the movie and 
and Zach and I would just start like doing the lines from that point <laughs> and we weren't even like watching it or reading it like we were just like just, yeah. we would just like talk the lines that we could like remember so I've always loved this movie and that's that's my first experience with it I don't think I could ever hate this one I think that this will always be fun for me all right so where in your list do you want to go through your rankings first rank go from the bottom to the top oh you want to go from the bottom to the top okay worst movie is number four okay um, second to the bottom is six. Okay. Third from the bottom is eight. Okay. Middle of the road, seven. Okay. Then we go to two. Okay, so two is your number four. Okay. Two is my number four. Five is number three. One is second, and Tokyo Drift is one for me for um, okay. reasons we'll get to in that in episode. Two yeah. In two months. In two months. February 1st. Yeah. So my ranking right. goes three, one, five, two, seven, eight, six, four. Four is the worst. If you were asking me if I hated a movie, I pretty much hate four. So I'm hoping to change my mind on that. We have a lot of similarities, I think, in our list. Okay. There's one big discrepancy. My number eight is two. I'm kind of terrified to watch Too Fast, Too Furious okay. again. I think I can make you love it. I think I'm going to love all of these by the end. So that's number, that's, that's number eight. Number seven is four. Number six is eight. Just because it didn't feel like a... We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to we'll it on this it. episode yeah. and on the Charlize podcast. It felt different, and I wasn't... I, I feel like it, I just need to see it again. Same. Like I need to more. watch it again. I need to give it a full another shot. Number five is one. Mm. Number four is seven. Number three is six. Number two is Tokyo Drift. And number one is Fast Five. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. We both have Tokyo Drift really high. We both have Fast Five really high. Yeah, you have one, like, a lot lower than I would expect. But with that said, watching it this time, I remember liking it. I remember thinking, like, oh, this is, like, a cool place to start. It's amazing to me, even now, you know, especially now, having seen all eight, how far we come from what this movie is to what fate is like it's so funny to me how different they are yeah i liked it the first time around i loved it this time around good good it is so good the easiest way for me to describe it and i really i have to imagine i have to imagine everyone listening to this has seen these movies Maybe you, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you like us. Maybe you think we're funny. Hopefully, but what? I hope you watch the movie. The, the, there is yes. a special place for these. Go ahead. Because it's not like Zack Attack, where like over the course of a couple of years you need to watch thirty movies. Like I still don't think it's a lot to watch a movie a month. But here, there's literally only eight movies you need to watch in your life, and then you know one it's every done. two years. Yeah, there's a new one, and you've probably already seen a few of them because I mean they fucking run on TV all the time, right? But it was amazing to me this time around how this almost feels like a gritty reboot of the series, even though it's the beginning. Like, it's so small and kind of dirty. Like, it becomes yep. so glitzy and glamoury. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about what the movie's become, at least not on the first lap. I think the first lap, we should take each, each movie at, at one at a time and sort of at face you know, value. reflect back on what came before. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to say, you know, like, compare this to Fast Five, because, like, in theory, on this, we haven't seen it yet. So I, I don't want to get ahead yeah. of ourselves. Knowing where it becomes and how they're shot and the budgets. It's like a gritty reboot. It's like a dirty small movie without a real sprawling cast of characters. Nope. It's like a tight-knit group. It is a family. It's just great. I mean, I guess there was stars at the time in this, but most of these people became superstars through this franchise. In the movie, just like, you know, I got on the background now, this feels like they found a bunch of kids in California. They were like, bring out your fucking tuner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just called dudes. Like, this wasn't part of the budget. They were like, just come out, hang out. We're going to shoot a movie. Your car will be in the movie. And people were like, I'm in it. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is an underground culture right now that nobody really knew about, you know, outside of, like, the car guys. Like, it wasn't world-known at this point. It feels more organic. That's what I love about it. It's just raw, so. It feels like I don't remember much about 2. I think that when, from 3 on, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but when Justin Lin comes on, he adds, like, a layer of slickness and gloss to it that, like, sort of leaves us as a thing of the past. So I'm interested to see next month, but it feels like it's sometimes hard to tell in this movie who's an actor and who might just be, like, a kid that they found. And I think that they're mostly actors. But it really? feels like... No, I think it's the other way around, dude. Well, I mean, a lot of... So I was clicking on people's names on Letterboxd last night, and a lot of them have been in, like, ten movies. Like, I was looking at, like, Jesse, and I was looking oh, at, Jesse, you know... Oh, Jesse, yeah. I, I'm saying, like... But, like, whenever people. there's a street race, and there's, like, 300 okay. kids in the side, those are all just, like, kids that had tuners, you know? Yeah, that's... Yeah, you're, you're probably right. And also people who just, like, are amped about a car movie. Like, a movie that actually cares about cars. Yeah, yeah. Because when I, so when I saw uh, Furious 7, which we will get to in June, uh, when I saw that at South by Southwest, I was sort of like, not the world premiere, but one of the very first screenings. I was talking to this kid who's a little bit younger than me, ahead of me online, and he was saying about how he loved the early movies because they were so focused on the cars. True. And didn't like the later movies, didn't like where the series had gone because they were about, they were more action movies than car movies. Yes. Whereas me, I've never been into cars. I can appreciate a cool looking car. You know, I play a lot of, you know, racing video games and stuff like that. I love, like, the look of, you know, a lot of the imports. I think I'd probably, like, I I like the look of imports, but I think if I had to buy a nice car, I would probably buy a an American muscle car. So I think I sort of have a little bit of Dom and a little bit of Brian in me, if you, you know. Ooh. if you know that's a, that's a question we should ask. Are you a Dom or are you a Brian? Ooh. I like that. I've never really been into cars. I'm more into movies. So I liked where the series went, whereas this kid, because here, like, there's action scenes, obviously, but it feels like the cars are the focus as opposed to yes. just like, hey, the focus here is that cars are falling out of a plane onto an island. And the cars are obviously still in the middle of every shot, but it's more about the spectacle than the cars themselves. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, they, they start out being primarily car movies. You're right, they move on to be action movies, and it's just something you have to deal with. Back to your question, I would have to say that... Oh, you're, you're obviously a Brian. You're definitely a Brian. Yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> I think it's that Italian blood race coursing through your veins. I think that has a lot to do with it. I can see you driving like a Supra over... What kind of car is it? Like, what does Dom's dad drive? What is that car that he's driving at the end of the movie? He's a Charger, right? It's a Charger. Okay. Keep in mind, like I just said, I know nothing about cars. My dad loves muscle cars a lot. I would much rather have fun tuners, but that's just me. Like, I just think that they're cool. You could do a bunch of cool shit to it. You could do whatever you want. I think muscle cars are the coolest in their purest form. Like, if you just have, like, pretty much stock muscle car, you know, like, as classic mm-hmm. as it can get. Whereas tuners, I think, are way cooler when you do, like, whatever the fuck you want to them and paint them all goofy colors and shit. Like the bright, bright green that uh, Brian's Toyota Supra is in this movie. Yeah, do you notice, do you notice like, watching this movie now how shitty the paint jobs actually look? Oh, it, it looks real bad. Like, it doesn't look good. It's just, yeah. Yeah, they're just, like, all these weird, shitty paint jobs that don't make any sense. But it's iconic. Like, you know that yes. that's his car. Yeah, you know exactly whose car it is and what it was. But, like, the designs that were, like, so cool back then mean, like, nothing now, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's let's get into the characters. Let's get into this family that we're going to be following forever. Okay. At the heart of the movie, we've got Brian O'Connor, which I forgot. Brian that Spilner. The, Brian Spilner. I forgot that the info that he, like, the the reveal that he's a cop 
comes so late in this movie. Like, it's like, I think... No, 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 no. Because they reveal it to the audience. Like, well, they reveal it to the audience like 35 minutes in, though. Like, for the first half hour, you think... For the first third of the movie, you're like, oh, this guy is just in love with a girl. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And then, you know, they he reveals it to Mia, Dom's sister, 76 minutes and I wrote, and then 12 minutes later, Dom finds out, and then there's like 20 minutes left to go in the movie. So... Yeah. They find out late, but we still, like, there's a, there's a while. Like, I was thinking that we kind of knew, but, like, it's like a twist for the audience. It's like, a, oh, this guy's a cop. We just think he's in love with a girl. He's trying to get in with his crew. You know, he's kind of an outsider. Yeah. But no, like, there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's something that you never really forget. There's a bunch that I forgot about this movie that I want to talk about, even though I've seen it so many times. Yeah. That's something that, like, now, after I've seen the movie so many times, like, Brian is always a cop, right? Like, this is a recurring theme later, so, like, he's always started out as a cop. Right. He goes back and forth. Like, I think in 2, he's maybe not a cop anymore. Maybe 2, he's the FBI. Like, he's all sorts of different... And then eventually, he just becomes not a cop affiliated at all. Like, he's just part of the crew. Yeah. We've got Mia, Dom's sister. We'll get to Dom in a second. We'll get to Dom next. But Mia is the apple of Brian's eye. What I forgot about this movie is that she drives, which is awesome. Like, they go on a date. Yes. And then she's like, oh, you want to let me drive? And then she drives, and she's like a badass driver, which I realized at the end of the movie when they're doing the rescue of Vince hanging off that yeah. semi-truck. It's, so they sort of set up the fact that, like, oh, this is why Mia can keep up. Like, if we hadn't seen her drive earlier in the movie, you would have just had to assume, and like, she has oh, her own she's car Dom's too. sister. Doesn't she, have, doesn't she have, like, an Acura Integra? She does. I think so, yeah. She's, she's got like, her she... own, like, badass car. Like, you didn't right. really, like, expect her to be a driver. You would sort of assume, like, if she just drives at the end, like, in the, in the, the big final chase... You would be like, oh, she's Dom's sister. You know, she just is always around cars, so of course she can drive. But, like, the fact that they show you in the movie that she's driving, that she loves driving, that she's a good driver, that she hooks that, like, really tight U-turn just, like, basically on, like, a California street, like, with traffic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, she she can hold her own, which is why at the end when Brian goes to save Vince from the truck, it's believable. It makes sense. And that's the thing about this movie. It's like, there's crazy stuff that happens, but it's all grounded in reality, which is interesting. A real shift from where this is going to go. Yeah, we start out in these, like, the stunts and the driving and stuff. I mean, like, I guess it's a little zany, but nowhere near to the point that we're going to eventually get in this. It starts out pretty tame. Like, it's just some racing, just a little crazy driving. And there's no planes involved yet. You know Not what I yet. mean? We stay in cars. We're going to get away from cars next movie uh, in yeah. a big way. But we're, so, but for the first movie, it's 100% cars. The only thing that's not a car that's like involved is like that semi-truck. And that's basically... No, we got we got um, Johnny Tran's motorcycles, too. Oh, right, like right, 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 now. right. So we got like a crew of motorcycles. But it's like mainly things with wheels. 100%. Yeah. We also have Dom, which I love the reveal of him in this movie. He's sort of like a Marcellus Wallace. Like, we just see the back of his bald head. Yeah. We start out because they're Toretto. Market and Deli. Toretto's Market and Cafe. Oh, and Cafe, sorry. I forgot that, that that they owned that. Like, I just sort of, like, I. it makes sense that they own it, but I was like, oh, that's cool to see it on the sign. We see him in the back room, like, I guess, doing the books or something? I don't know what he's doing back there. I think he's the cook. Is he? Yeah. Wow. Because he does all the barbecue, too, right? Get it? Well, yeah, and that's something that I love that we can get to later, is that, like, they even have family cookouts in this movie. Like, that's something that I think they might have in every movie. It's like that iconic everyone in dinner the movie scene, at the dinner of? table. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Dom is Mia's brother. He's the guy who owns us. He's this local legend. He's the kind of guy that when he races and does well, the part shop 
has all these kids who want to come and buy parts because they want to all be like Dom, which is cool. They don't really show that. They, they, they tell it, which normally would feel like kind of lazy, agreed, lazy writing. writing. But here it works. Like you can Because see he's a legend. This, right. So like these are all stories you would hear secondhand anyways, right? So Yeah, and so even before seeing him drive, you're like, oh, he's a formidable opponent, even though, you know, Ja Rule is racing, and even though Jesse is racing, and there's all these other guys who are like there, you know just based on the reputation that this movie is going to come down to Brian versus Dom, and the whole series is just the two of them, pretty much. Yes, that's perfect. And then you have <laughs> Letty. Yeah, Letty, who doesn't have a huge part in this movie, but she's, she's set up to be it. like, yeah, she's, yeah, 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 absolutely. And she's like, as much as like Dom loves like hood rats, Letty's like the only one that can like actually be around cars and like drives well and is like kind of a tomboy. And what's funny to me is that Dom is so whipped by Letty and no one gives him shit for it. No, like no one gives him anything about it. Yeah, because I feel like they all kind of maybe they're jealous. Maybe they just love Letty. They know Letty and love Letty. But, you know, later in the movie, when Brian saves Dom from the cops, after that's that exactly race, precisely the part. And they go to the party, and... That's what, exactly where I am at in the movie right now. Uh, he's hitting on those girls, or he's just talking to the girls or whatever, and Letty's like, no, 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 we're going upstairs and you're giving me a massage. And it feels like that's not, like, a, like a hidden meaning, like, we're gonna go have sex upstairs or whatever. Oh, it's no, like, that, that definitely means that she's gonna go have sex. But it also feels like it could be just, like, oh, no, like, you we're just gonna, you're gonna give me a massage, and, like, we're just, I'm not letting you talk to these girls. And no one's like, oh, Dom, like, come on, you, you come on, man, but, like, all right, like, you gotta do your thing, like, they respect it, like, I, I, I it's, it's cool. He's basically the god father of this world yeah i like also how no one questions letty's ability in the crew no you know yeah what I absolutely mean? well because she also in this movie like races and wins you know what i mean like mm-hmm. she takes down that cocky black guy who is like blowing her kisses before the race and whatever which he really looks like one of the spanish brothers from the later movies doesn't oh, he oh wow yeah you're right i think it's the hair it's the hairstyle yeah i know i mean like maybe i'm just being a little too much white person not being able to distinguish ethnicities but i i think it was like the hair in the fro and like his facial his facial structure reminded me so much of the Spanish brothers. That he's also just English. kind of like a goofy caricature, right? Like yeah. he's the same kind of part. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Vince, who will come back for Fast Five. Oh, yeah. So he's out of this until five. Yeah, he's only in one and five. Wow, okay. He is kind of the muscle. It feels like he's in love with Mia, right? And no, Mia... he definitely is. He's in love with Mia, but, like, you know, she's obviously, he's not her type. He's kind of dumb. He's the muscle. He also, in this movie, drops a real hard F real early, like seven minutes in, using gay slurs toward Brian. I was like, oh. Oh, really? This is definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I just missed made, it. Right before that line, like, no, shut up, asshole, no one likes a tuna or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that line is, like, right before that, he, he uses a gay slur on Brian when he's pushing him out. Wow. Yeah, very I was like, 2001 oh, of them. Very 2001. And this movie was only rated PG-13. It's pretty... Yeah. The whole movie, like, people make fun of Brian. Like, they call him Snowman. They talk about his hair. Like, he is kind of like a goofy, you know, Southern California bro in this, not underground world of cars, but it feels like a world kind of dominated by minorities. Like, instead of... Like, you know, Dom's white, but he's, like, Italian. Like, he sort of feels like... Like, it's, you know, this Hispanic culture. It's this black culture. It's this immigrant culture. And Brian is really, in all aspects... Not not only the fact that he's a cop, but just the way that he looks and the way that he acts and everything. Like, he is, like, this outsider. And people make fun of him all movie, which is cool. Like, it's funny. But the fact that, like, they're using gay slurs not in any way other than just, like, this is just what he's going to say. It's just, like, Derogatory. oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think they move beyond that. This is a 2001 movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say medium budget. I, I can't imagine this was, like, a big budget movie. I'm going to look that up. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. All right. So the budget for this movie 
was 38 million, which is kind of a lot. I mean, for a first movie, it's not a ton. It then went on to make 207 million in the box office. A huge hit. Obviously, it had to be a hit because the fact that, like, this is a huge billion dollar franchise now, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. 38 million is a lot of money. Like, that's a, that's a solid chunk of change. Like, you can do a lot. Like, this movie, even though it's 16 years old, still looks good. Yeah, it still looks pretty decent. What sort of feels jarring about this movie is how comparatively low budget, like, the, the title cards in this movie are basically real low budget, sort of, like, iMovie font. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this, it's, it's not... It doesn't have the refined nature of the later movies, which makes sense because this was just going to be like a car movie. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Yeah, it wasn't it, like it a didn't start really of feel, something. I mean, like I guess it felt like they kind of set it up for a second one, but we only know that from that like bonus end scene. Like this could easily have been a one and done movie. Oh yeah, I really wonder. I mean, I did no research on this because I feel like we should save the research and we should save the trivia. We should save. The I'm, deleted I'm definitely scenes on the down. Blu-ray. I just want to go into this. Is just going to be like the first raw. Right off the top one yep yes because we have so many times we're gonna see this movie that i feel like we should save those things for later on so i don't know if this was envisioned to be the beginning of something if this was gonna be hey this is a cool movie that's gonna exist on its own and you know if people like it then maybe we'll think of a second one i don't know what it was envisioned as but the fact that there is that post-credit sequence where don is talking about how he's free when he's driving when he's behind the wheel like oh yeah like this is gonna be the start of something which is which is pretty cool yeah we got johnny tran the sh- johnny you, tran you doesn't re- jesse don't even try to skip jesse well no i was just going down sort of an importance but okay well, that's jesse who dies in this movie which i totally forgot me too. I totally forgot Jesse dies in this movie because I'm always bitching that they should bring Jesse back. And why was he not in the later ones? And then, well, he died. That's what's crazy about this franchise is that basically no one dies. Like in real life, Paul Walker died, RIP. But even Bri- like Brian didn't die. And they're even talking about bringing Brian back as a character. Nobody dies in these movies. And Dude. then here in the first one, you know, Jesse's not the most important character. He's part of this family and he gets gunned down by Johnny Tran. Dude. How shitty is it if you were in this movie, this franchise goes on to make, like, billions of dollars, and your character died in the first one? You're the only one in all eight movies to have died? Yes. Sucks. Dude, Jesse could be cashing checks and smashing butts right now. I feel like he has still he still has, like, a bragging car. Like, he can still pull out that car like I was in the first one. You know, I, I was hanging out on set with uh, Vin and with Paul and with uh, Michelle and with, you know, Jordana. Yeah. Like, we, we were there. Like, we were just hanging out. Yeah, but I saw recently, just on the note of Jesse, like, a movie that some guys recreated his Jetta. Okay. From the first movie. The, yeah. Obviously, right? They flew him out. Oh, this is what you sent me. Yeah. Did you watch it? I watched part of it. I didn't watch the full thing. Imagine trying to do that with any other character in Fast and the Furious. You can't. He's the kind of guy that if we were going to get a guest on this podcast from the movie, like, he's where we'd have to start. You know what I mean? It's like, we yeah. can't get Thin Diesel on here. We can't get The Rock on here, but we can get no. Jesse, maybe. Yeah, exactly, right? No like, offense, Jesse. We would love to have you on the podcast. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Let us know. Be on our show. Corona. You can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. Like, it's, it, you sort of have to find those, like, the entry point into, like, who's, like, a recognizable, memorable character, but is also gettable, who's not one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Because now that the franchise has become a franchise where Vin Diesel and The Rock and Jason Statham and Charlize Theron and, like, all these yep. different people and Hel- Helen Mirren and, like, all these different yep. major, major movie stars are all together in these movies, then you have Jesse, who's, like, a great character in this, but... A great character. ...doesn't get to go on. Nope. We've got Johnny Tran, who I don't think Johnny returns. Johnny Tran dies, too. Does he? Yes. 
He gets shot. Brian finds him and says, call 911. I know he gets shot. Does he bleed out? Brian, like, picks up his head and he's, like, not moving. Maybe. Okay, we'll have to, we'll have to revisit that in August when we get back to this. I, I just sort of assumed that he, you know, was arrested or whatever, but maybe he dies. Because no, he doesn't no, no, no. return. I think he I think he dies on the street right there. Because Brian yells at someone, like, call 911. Brian with a peak cop gun shooting abilities which is pretty cool yeah it's also uh, it's hard i I don't want to sound racist i think johnny tran is probably korean in this right like he's trans normally a korean last name i think yeah no you're not you're not being racist i think tran is a korean last name i think that they're racist in that they put him in a chinese restaurant a lot yeah and there's like confucius at the beginning who's very chinese right because what i'm saying is that like you know this movie is going to get a really heavy asian influence soon like tokyo drift is going to be a huge yes. movie and that's where we get han from and it's yeah. weird to me that tran that johnny tran doesn't return my dead theory i think plays out yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. Are there other main characters that we want to point out from this movie? I think that's the handful that I, I'm concerned about whenever I watch We also it. got Ja Rule. Yeah, I mean, we have Ja Rule. He's he's not a real character. He definitely contributed to the, uh, the soundtrack. You have to acknowledge that he's in it. He's in that first race when they have the four of them that Brian raced. I want him to come back, man. I really want him to come back. Has Bow Wow come back? Nope. So I, I think Bow Wow is more likely to return than Ja Rule because Bow Wow is so good in Tokyo Drift. I hope for like 10 when they go, they just blow it out and just bring everyone back. Be, you I know what I mean? It. I would love it. Like, we find out that Jesse, like, was cryopreserved and, like, thawed out or something. That'd be awesome. Because in, in the future of these movies, there's really no science that goes unscienceable. You know what I mean? Like, everything is possible. So, of course, you can bring people back from the dead or, like, reverse bullet wounds and stuff like that. So, you know, Johnny can come back. Jesse can come back. Everybody can come back. Yeah. Like I said, my ultimate goal is I hope that we get Fast and the Furious in space. That's all I want. Well, they've talked about it. They've joked about it. We'll see if it happens or not. That's what I want one day. We need to talk about the prevalence of Nas in this movie. That I feel like that goes by the wayside. Like the, the further that this franchise veers from the focus on cars, yes, the less Nas. But like, I think the reason that I even knew what Nas was was because friends of mine who saw this movie became obsessed with Nas. Did they actually buy it? Like, did they? Did any of them have it, or were they just obsessed with the idea of it? I feel like, and I might be making this up, I don't think so. I feel like I've been in a car that had Nas, but I did not, I was not in the car when they used it, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I feel like I knew one friend who had it and it installed. Did he ever use it? Uh, I would probably hope not. so, but probably not. Yeah. I also don't remember who that friend was. Nas was like a thing, and especially even, like, even in video games, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you'd be able to buy Nas speed. as like an add-on to your cars when you're customizing the car, and it just gives you that speed burst. Which is also funny in this movie that, like, Brian never ever knows when to use his nods like he always uses it every single time uses it way too early every time on that note i really love the nas installs in this movie are really really sick i like that doms is like what what does he he has like press the radio and then like his like hazard light button comes out yeah and then on top of the hazard light button is his nas button yes I also thought you were saying that, like, his Nas is just under the passenger seat. Oh, yeah, that too. That's part of it. But I'm saying, like, the button. Yes. Like, you know, like, Brian has, like, this, like, shitty label maker, two Nas buttons on his fucking steering wheel. Dom has, like, some well-thought-out, interesting Nas buttons going on. But it's also something, like, everybody has Nas. 
what confuses me in this movie about the Nas use what? is when they go to Race Wars, which is a really funny name for what that is. Race Wars! When they go to Race Wars, like it feels like Nas should be outlawed. Why? Because it's just like a short race. Like It feels like you should just be racing car against car and not like with Nas in there. I don't know. It just feels like when they use Nas, or like when Letty is racing that guy who looks like the brother from the later movie, Yes. I feel like he doesn't even use Nas. Like, she just uses and blows him away, and it's just like, oh, well, that wasn't really a race. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if you use Nas in your car, there's a good chance the car will just explode. Like, just in general. So... And cars do explode in this movie because of Nas. Well, not because of Nas, but, like, they're further amplified because of the Nas. Yes. Yeah. The notes I took for this movie were mostly just, like, quotes and also observations. I feel like we kind of know the plot. Like, the plot of this movie is that there are, there's a crew of cars, there's a crew of drivers who are knocking over pickup trucks. Yeah, we didn't even get into the plot, sorry. Not pickup trucks, semi-trucks with loaded electronics, DVD players, hijacking the truck and then, you know, selling the DVD players or whatever. Yes. So Brian is a cop who goes undercover into the racing scene. By the way, this this is this doesn't seem like the most logical, profitable way to do this because they spend like sixty grand a car on some Honda Civics to steal like twenty grand worth of DVD players. Well, I feel like it's profitable if the cars don't get totaled. But by the end of the movie, <laughs> when that one semi driver fights back with a shotgun and they lose two cars, it's like, oh, this wasn't a good heist. Yeah. This was a bad idea. So Brian goes undercover to the racing scene to find out what's going on. He falls in, he definitely falls in love with Mia. He kind of falls in love with Dom. He falls in love with the lifestyle. He gets a tip that he thinks that Johnny is the one who is stealing all these DVD players. The FBI, including Brian, who I noticed in that scene, like Zeph, kind of has the bluest of blue eyes. Brian has pretty... I, I think maybe we found our type. Oh, yeah. Pretty boys with blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But when they ha- when they when he is in Johnny's house busting him and he's in like head to toe SWAT gear with a ski mask over his face, all you can see is his eyes and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god." Like These I get it. I get why eyes. people I get why girls were in love with him. Same. Yeah, Paul Walker is beautiful. I have to agree. We find out that Johnny had bought all those things legally or that at least he wasn't the one hijacking the truck so he was let out of prison. The cops are like, "You know, it's not before been his gone. father smacks him in Asian disappointment." Yes, that was a that was a really good moment in the house on the way out. His dad's basically yeah. like, hold on, FBI, let me do this thing. And then he slaps him and just like, he you looks... disgrace my family. He looks better to have disappointed his father than like to get arrested. Which yes, is... for sure. For sure. In true Asian family fashion. Yeah. And so then the cops are like, you know it's Dom. And then he finds out that it is Dom. And then at the end of the movie, once again, throughout this movie, sides with Dom to save him from the cops. Let's Dom drive off in his car. We know that he chose his lifestyle. It's ride or die. He's in with his family. You know, he chose this family. That's where that quote comes from, that the cop is like, you know, there's many times a family, Brian. You need to choose one. And he chooses Dom. That's the most important thing. That's the most yeah, important is, decision anybody makes Which is confusing to me. Also, why is Vince so such a villain in this movie when he's the one who's fucking right the whole time? He calls out Brian for being a cop multiple times. You're right. He's just like, he's like, Dom, he's a fucking cop. You've known me since the third grade. Trust me, your judgment's bad right now. This guy's an asshole cop. And Dom's like, no, I, I like his blue eyes. I feel like Vince has to be the villain because, in reality, Brian is the villain. But we can't think of him as a villain because he's also the main star. We can't not like Dom or Mia because if we don't like them... We want to see them get taken down. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yes. We have Johnny as the outside villain, but he's sort of an afterthought. Like Johnny, he's not the main villain in this movie. No, Johnny's actually really not like a villain. Like he's just like a cocky guy who rightfully wins a car 
doesn't get that car and then, you know, pulls some, you know, hood rat shit and shoots up the, the Toretto They house. portray him like the villain at the beginning when he shoots up Brian's car, right? Right. Like, because he, like, pulls him over, shoots up Brian's car, and just blows it up. Do you think he's, like, and I, I know this is, like, this is Japanese and I'm sort of, you know, trying not to be racist, but, like, you, it feels like he's kind of, like, Yakuza tied in. You know what I mean? But, like, he's not. It just, they sort of portray him like that. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of the weight of the movie's, like, oh, it's a Korean guy in a Chinese restaurant, but he's totally Yakuza. You know what I mean? That's exactly what they try to do, yeah. They make him out to be like Yakuza, but at the end, we find out that he's he's not. He, like, has, like, a car shop and a restaurant, and, like, I'm sure his parents have money because he's in, like, that dope huge house. Yeah, when they get busted. Like, that's the most beautiful house maybe in the entire franchise, like, all eight films. By the way, the whole Asian gangster crew... How Sopranos are they to you? Oh, they're so Sopranos. They're all wearing, like, wacky leather pants or, like, snakeskin pants. And they're, like, all, like, wearing, like, gangster Sopranos, like, bowling shirts. And that house looks like the Sopranos It looks like Sopranos. It looks like Tony's house. When they, like, break into the house, it looks just like it. Yeah. That's awesome. He's kind of the external villain, but not really. So, like, you need someone. Like, you need conflict. Like, Dom and Brian sort of butt heads a little bit, but, like, you need somebody in there to sort of call it like it is and just that's the kind of aggro character, the aggro guy that Vince is, yeah. it makes sense, because who, who's who's left? It's going to be Jesse? It's like, it's not going to be Jesse. No. So, like, it has to be Vince. Like, why Dom doesn't believe him, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I yes. don't know. But, like, Dom is supposed to be this, like, great, like, judge of character. You know what I mean? Like, but I would also argue, maybe he's such a good judge of character that even though he might know that Brian is a cop, he knows that in the end this buster will have his back. Yeah, I think that that's what he sees. He sees some, like, hood rat honesty from him. Like, he sees the, like, him trying really hard to impress him. He saw that he saved him. So, like, no matter what, he knows that, like, he still kind of likes him. Yeah. That you're right. That's what we get down to. That's what it's got to be, because otherwise it doesn't really make sense. Because in this mo- in this franchise, as the movies go on, everybody becomes amazing at everything they do. That they're not only great drivers, but they can also fist fight with the best of them. They can all shoot guns like marksmen. They're all great computer hackers. Yes. Why not make them great at reading personalities, too? Yeah. But one thing I want to say about this movie was that 3, I think, is notable. The reason that we both like 3 so much is because the music is so good, but in this movie... Movie, there's a lot of great music too like I think that the soundtrack you know listening to the soundtrack it's not as good I think it feels more dated but within the world of the movie this is a great soundtrack yeah I totally forgot how when I first watched this as an 11 or 12 year old I forgot how deep they went with the electronic music. You know what I mean? Like, Race yeah. Wars is essentially a rave. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a lot of scenes that, like, they like they don't focus on, like, the music and the, like, drug use and, like, stuff, but, like, Race Wars turns into a rave that night. You know what I mean? So, like, they're pretty much going out to the desert to, like, have a rave and race cars. Yeah. And it's just, like, both. It's core to the DNA of this franchise. It's kind of like cars mixed with We Are Your Friends. Yeah, essentially. I just missed it as a kid. Like, I was so hung up on the cars... That to me, like, I didn't even catch, like, any of the music shit. Yeah. Other than, like, okay, cool, the soundtrack is cool, it's, like, electronic music, whatever, but, like, I didn't get the influence it actually had on this thing, and there's, like, a lot of electronic music in this. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to mention about uh, when we're talking about Johnny Tran is that part of the reason that Johnny Tran hates this crew is because Dom slept with his sister, which I think is a really funny thing, like a reverse, because he says that before Brian and Mia go on the date and then she drives them home and they quadruple space in his office. 
like in the back room of that car parts place, right? Like they go to his job, right? Like that's where they are. I think they're in Brian's. I think they're like at um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Harry's. yeah, they're in Brian's, like that they're that Harry's. car parts place that he works at, right? The Racer's Edge is what it's called. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. The job that he gets like fired from or whatever, and then gets rehired at or whatever. Also, this movie's much more interesting to watch when you know that Brian's a cop and you see him talking to his manager and he's like talking about why he couldn't fire him and he's like what did you say to him and he's like i told him the good work is hard to find you know what i mean like because the manager knows he's a cop right yeah yeah yeah. but it's also like it also feels like i wonder if he was given this assignment because like he feels like he's into cars and i feel like the the opening yeah scene he's in it he definitely was in it yeah like two or three minutes in when we see him like driving the supra like he's sort of getting frustrated like i feel like he loves cars and is into cars but it's just frustrated they can't reach that like racer status kind of so it, it's a believable cover that he would work there because he's this you know grease monkey or whatever who just wants to be in the racing scene it just also happens that he's a cop yeah how many big races are there there's there's the race in the middle where they race for two grand each and brian races for the pink that's the first yeah that's the first race the truck heist is not a race but a big car scene oh yeah yeah the first like heist there's one at the beginning of the movie the movie starts out with the truck if you're counting heist then well yeah but that that's it's not as like that's it's it's a good scene but it's not as long so yeah there's that one there is the race there's race wars the heist toward the end where vince almost gets killed yes and then there is the final scene where they're at the house and then johnny shoots up the house and they chase after them so there's like five big scenes in this movie right five car scenes yeah there's like five like car kind of chase race situation scenes the biggest ones i think are the uh first big race the first big race and then the the second heist and then the end but at the first after the first big race you know they finish up Dom beats Brian, Brian owes him the car, and then the cops show up and they, they run away, and this is when he first sides with Dom, this is an important moment, it's when he uh, picks Dom up in the car, saves him, and that's when they go to the house that we talked about earlier in the party, and like, you know, why did you bring this buster here, yeah. blah, 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 but that's really the moment, I feel like, the singular moment where he's, like, part of that family, that, like, he was in already, but I feel like it's that... And I think that it's it's so funny to see when they when they show up and Mia's like upstairs. And I also didn't realize that we almost got like a topless Mia, like a topless Jordan Bruce. That was a really good scene. I was like, whoa! You see her back, and then she throws her shirt over her thing at the camera. Yeah, it was like a nice like there was like a nice little like little camera touches in this. I think it's sort of worth pointing out, especially in the the culture that we're in now. There is objectification of women in this movie, but it almost feels like an afterthought. Like it's just like oh, this is part of the scene. Like we're not really glorifying it it's just like if we didn't include it it wouldn't feel authentic i a thousand percent agree they're definitely not the nicest like they're they're looking at hot girls there's some objectification but it's not prevalent enough to make girls wince and i think in later movies that gets ramped way way up uh that yes. there's all these shots of like bikinis and asses and boobs and everything like that and especially in five when gal gadot wonder woman herself gets the handprint on her bikini bottom like that is that's peak objectification yes but i think there's that but it's also like and i wouldn't think that this is something like a point that i could say but i'm essentially quoting june diane rayfield from how does get made and she was saying that like she's okay with all of that because in those movies 
The Rock and Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, and they're all in tight, form-fitting clothes. And it's not really objectification as much as just, like, showing off beautiful people, both men and women. Yeah, maybe we don't notice the guys as much, but it's not like they have, like, ugly dudes in this movie. And we talked about, I mean, we talked about how pretty Paul Walker is, so we know it's we know it's a fact. And girls love Vin Diesel, too, man, so... Yeah, but I did want to point that out because, like, we don't get nudity. Like, I don't know if there's nudity in any movie, but we got, like, a little bit... We, we were close in this, and I was like, oh. But again, that's sort of, like, the gritty, like, this isn't a franchise yet, this is just a movie, and we're not really playing by the, you know, these bigger studio rules or whatever. Also, I don't think you can really get mad about objectification of women in these movies, especially this first one, because you have such strong female characters. You have Letty still, right? Right. You have Mia being, like, a strong female character. You know what I mean? Like, Dom loves her. She's protected. You know what I mean? Like... I think Letty's a strong character. I don't know that Mia is really a strong character. I think that she's... She's holding the family together. She does, like, all of the, like, familial shit. Yeah. I don't think she's a bad character. I just don't think that she's given much to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I think that there could be more of that. I think it's kind of just the weight of the story is being told that she is, like, the woman... She's the... She's what... Brian is in love with. He's not like the way that we're introduced to her. She's like a pretty face behind the counter who makes him tuna sandwiches exactly the way that he wants it. It's not like he falls in love with her because she's great at driving. Like it feels like the relationship between Dom and Letty was born out of respect, kind of. You know what I mean? Like they're obviously like in love, but it feels like there there's mutual respect there that you know he respects her for like her talents or whatever. Yes, and she respects him for what he can do, and that's where that's based out of here. It's just like, oh, isn't Jordana Brewster really pretty? And like she's not a bad character. Like I don't. Think it's there's anything about her that's like that makes her look bad or is you know sexist or anything. I just don't think that she's given a ton to do. She's just sort of like playing middleman between Brian and Vince a little bit and sort of you know the younger sister and all that sort of stuff. But like I agree that like that Letty's a good character that she's not a bad character. I think there there could have been more for them to do. But like I'm glad that both of them, even if it's not a real real focus. Both of them get to drive multiple times in this movie, and that they—they're they, not useless. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I I absolutely agree. Like that was that was the whole point that I was getting at. They're not just eye candy as much as we get later in like say Tokyo Drift or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but they they do have like one good female character there too. But yeah, these girls can drive, and they're like part of the team. Mia's want for Dom not to go out on the last boost is like relevant. You know what I mean? Like she's not just like oh I I just don't want you to do this. Like she's like no don't do it, and he's like kind of struggling with it you know right like it's not just like you know my sister's whining again that's why i think back to our objectification point that this isn't as bad as it could have been and it's also cool because i remember one of the things that i really remembered about this movie is that during the heist scene one of the cars drives under the truck and i didn't remember that it was letty who did that like the fact yeah, that it was she definitely pulled off that move. ballsy move was like oh that's awesome exactly Dude, Letty's badass, man. And it's also, like, I mean, it's not like she has, like, it's not like she really has choice, truly, but at the end of the movie, the pivotal decision comes down to Mia. Do I trust Brian enough to save my brother or should I figure out try to figure out a different way to save Dom you know what I mean like when they're in that heist at the end and things are going bad and he's like look I'm a cop I can help and like she has to basically give the phone number to track Dom's cell phone so they can find him and she's so reluctant yeah like she isn't the one who actually has agency in saving him but it is because of her that he is saved it's not the most empowering but it's also important why she's not the one who saves Dom Brian saves Dom 
but she helps him, and she's important in that, or she's instrumental in that decision, in that process. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get so it. So it's not like, it's not, she's not doing something, but she's helping, which is better than doing nothing, but there could have been more. Like, but also, the way that it was set up, I don't know what more she could have done, you know? Pretty much nothing, yeah. I have a lot more quotes and stuff written down. I had a lot of quotes and stuff. We could talk about this movie forever. I feel like, I, I don't know how long these episodes are going to be. I feel like we should probably shoot for like an hour, but knowing that we're going to talk about this movie again for sure in eight months and more likely over these next seven episodes referring back to this for sure it's almost like i kind of want to save some stuff and just not talk about it because we know we're going to return to this well over and over again yeah there's a little there's a couple little things i picked up now watching this movie with the intention of talking about it something i noticed was uh von dutch was a thing that i totally forgot about oh yeah 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 like von dutch is super heavy in this movie it makes sense. Like, there's, like, Von Dutch hats and yep. shirts and stuff. And I remember as a kid, like, I thought Von Dutch hats were really cool. <laughs> and it was only because... I mean, like, I didn't have any, but I thought right, they were cool right. when I saw them. And it was because of this. I definitely didn't remember Johnny Tran died and Jesse died, which we talked about. Yep. Like, that's why I wanted them to come back. When Brian tracks Dom... I don't know if you caught this or not, but the cop on the phone says they're right outside of Coachella. Oh. Well, that's also, like, just not, that's just not just a festival. It's also the, the region or the, you know, this Coachella Valley, which is where the festival's held, but. Exactly. That's cool. But, like, it was just something that, like, I didn't, I'd never caught before, you know what cool. I mean? Just like yeah, a quick yeah, yeah. tidbit. Something that we didn't talk about yet, the crazy camera effects that they use when they, oh. like, use NOS. Yeah. Yes. And they're, like, driving mm-hmm. that we, like, don't get in the rest of the movies. I would almost call it, like, a blur effect, but it's not It's not what it is. Like, it's like a warping blur, kind of. It's, yeah, it's like, like a, a warp speed, kind of, like, yes. light speed type effect yeah. that we get that was, like, super prevalent in this movie. Like, we get it, like, every time somebody uses boost, it's like, woo, you know, like, and you see it. But we have to watch for it. I don't know if we're going to get it in the rest of the movies. Do I feel like we it? probably will next time for Too Fast. I don't know that that's something... I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to keep an eye on it. That's a good idea. And I think we lose NOS by three, right? Yeah, I feel like... Because Tokyo Drift is not about speed. It's more about precision. It's about being able to drift and being able to drift up the parking decks and stuff. So, yeah, I yeah. think it's... I mean, there's there's always going to be boosts. There's always going to be really fast cars. But I think that this is the movie where it's really the focus is on that added speed. Yeah, like, you want the edge. The edge is NOS, yeah. and that's what you're going to take. But it's not even an edge because everybody has it. It's basically like in baseball around this time in 2001, like you had to take steroids, otherwise you wouldn't be able to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if everybody's using it, that doesn't really make it an advantage. Yep, yep, exactly. I guess. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about this episode, or do you want to save it for either next time or the next lap? There's a bunch I want to save. I'm glad that we, we I like the structure that we're using. I like when we just talk about the movie, our qualms, things we liked about it yeah. this round. I would like to get more into like the cars in a later round. I feel like, yeah, I feel like as, as I watch these movies more and I'm able to sort of absorb the car culture of it all a little bit more, I might be able to speak a little bit, speak about it a little bit better. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll never be able to talk about cars. Maybe I'll just listen to you talk about cars, which is totally fine. Okay. Okay, so in terms of games, we don't really have many, I don't know if we have any games. Do you have any games planned for Too Fast, Too Forever? Um, no, I liked, like, I wanted to do the listings. We did the listing, yeah. I don't know if we can... Oh, we need to do... Hitting the pavement. Hitting the pavement. So that's a segment. It's not really a game. I feel like this is probably going to come more often at the top of the show than the end of the show. Should we move it to the top of the show? No. No, you just want it at the end? 
Yeah, it's fine. For now, it's fine because it's. Just I think like I a... think lap one we don't even do hitting the pavement yet. Okay. I say we save it. All right. So you don't know what that is. You guys won't know what that is until August. Yeah, that's fine. We do have a an email address mailbag. Probably our favorite segment from Zach Tech was the mailbag. You can email us family at cageclub.me. Cageclub.me is the place where we have all of our episode pages where you can download all the episodes, you can stream all the episodes, all of our other shows on the yeah, network. Yeah, tell us about the movie that we just watched. Tell us about the movie we're going to watch. I mean, like, it's pretty predictable. Bitch about Fast and the Furious. Tell us why you like it. We have no mail today. I didn't expect to have mail for any of these new Same. episodes yet, but we will be back the first of the month every month until we announce a schedule change. If you want to get email read on air, and we will read whatever, He'll read anything. Send car picks. Don't send dick send pics. Car send picks. car picks. Yeah, send car picks. That's a good idea. We usually record about a week before the episode airs, so just get it in then. Pretty much have three weeks to get in email to be read on the next episode, so you have plenty of time. Family at cageclub.me. Email us. We will read anything on air. We want to hear from you. The other games that we played for Zack Attack... I feel like we can't do for this one specifically. We can't. We can... I think that as we go, we're gonna we're definitely gonna pick up some games. I was thinking like you know we could do like a race counter. We sort of played that right. It would be five in this. I think right. That's what I mean. Yep. Yeah. So we could do like a race counter. We could do like new vehicle additions. Sure. You know what I mean? Like what's our new what's our new vehicle this time? Like we start out with cars this time. It's gonna be boats. It's gonna be boats next month. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like that because we've seen all of these movies. It's kind of harder to pick up the games. Right, and especially because the games we played for Zack Attack were like, guess, you know, it's, it's always different. Like, you could rename them. Like, we could basically, I don't want to, but we could fire-ass titles for the first round, but then, like, the second time, like, we'd just be playing the same thing, and that's that won't really work. Crying and Shirtless, like, any kind of prediction games, like, we know these movies. It's hard to do that because, you know, we know what's coming. We'll have to think, I feel like those are going to be ones that if you want to listen to our other podcasts, we have Magic Mike's coming on the 11th of the month every month. First episode in 10 days. And we have Boyfriend Material. So we have a Channing Tatum podcast and Boyfriend Material is the Ryan Gosling podcast coming on the 21st of the month every month. I don't think our fans for any of these are going to overlap. But I'm saying that, like, those podcasts are more likely to have games similar to the Zack Attack games. This, I feel like we're going to need, like, segments like you came up with all the hard work that you did to procure sponsors uh we're gonna yeah, have those um, on here can we just take it would we take one more second to thank corona for all the money and swag that they sent us for this yes i appreciate the really cool shit that you guys sent yeah and it was awesome we both got two huge awesome boxes <laughs> full of stuff from Corona for saying it so many times. Yeah. And I just want to thank them again and remind everyone you can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. As long as it's a Corona. I feel like this is going to be a show more of segments like Hitting the Pavement when we launched that, like the interview questions that we sort yes. of talked about, like the race counter, like the sponsor segment, the sponsor corner. Yeah. Those are all going to be that. I think the games are going to be more in the other podcast, but we also have mailbag across all three. I think the games will come up when we get new, when we get guests to once we get through lap one. Yep. Um, it'll be more fun to talk to new peoples about it, hear news perspectives. Yeah. You know, quiz them on some stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we could we could do little trivia games with them and stuff. Oh, we were, and we're saving trivia, so you'll have trivia in the coming episodes. And yeah, I'm saving trivia and research and deleted scenes until I feel like we've run out of things to say. You know which what? Might... Though? You know what? You know what yeah. we could do though. So we could do uh, on the streets. What is that? I think that we should discuss a little bit about what Tyrese has been going through. Oh. 
okay. What? Tyrese has had a rough month. I, I just don't feel like I would be able to eloquently discuss this, but, you know, Tyrese sort of blew up at The Rock on Instagram calling him a diva, right? Yeah, we're, we're talking about the franchise. I, th- I feel like we need to address this, and I feel like we can track it, you know, a little bit of, like, what the people in the movies are doing. Um, yeah. So, for those who don't know, The Rock is going to get a spinoff movie, right? Yes. Uh, Hobbs and... Uh, Jason Statham. Yep. Yeah, so they're working on getting a spinoff Hobbs and movie. Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. They're going to get a spinoff movie. Tyrese came out on Instagram commenting on, like, one of The Rock's posts or something, right? I think so, yeah. About, like, how if he was really part of the Fast and the Furious family, he wouldn't have accepted this, and he told him very shadily about it, and he didn't ask anybody else if they wanted to be in it, and, like, all of these, like, qualms, right? And The Rock just, he played it off real nice, right? He was pissed because they're delaying Fast Nine. That's true. Yes, that's what it is. They're delaying Fast Nine so they can do the Hobbs spinoff movie in between. And Tyrese is mad, and he said that um, you're taking food out of my daughter's mouth. Is right. what he said. The Rock came out and was very nice about it. He was like, anything that we can do to build the franchise helps all of us. Yeah, it'll do nothing but create more buzz for the next movie. I don't see why Tyrese is upset. I hope he's okay. Yep. Tyrese came out, freaked out again, and released like a crying video that was painful to watch and cried about The Rock and not being able to see his daughter or something, right? Yeah, there's he's going through some shit in real life, and because of his family struggles or whatever, he has been on like prescription medication, I think, and that's like he's saying that like it's throwing his moods out of whack, and so it's it's, yeah, it's a difficult saying- time. He's now claiming that his prescription medication has caused all of this, and that he's sorry, and he likes The Rock, and he hopes he does well, and they kind of, like, made up. Yeah, so thoughts and prayers to Tyrese. Thoughts and prayers to Tyrese. That is hitting the streets this week, this month. Yep. We'll keep you posted on the Tyrese story, because it's interesting to me. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see when the movie releases, if he's going to, like, talk mad shit on The Rock again. Yeah. I don't know. I think one other thing that we should do... What? Sort of in wrapping up the show, is to talk briefly about the last thing we recorded. Not necessarily this show. And the next thing we're going to record. So the last thing that you and I recorded was the Zephy Awards for Zack Attack. Was... I mean, okay. Are you saving what we actually recorded, or...? You mean the thing with Mike? Yeah. Well, that's not out yet. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, in terms of, like, you and me... Like, I think we can, we can mention that. I think we can... I'll, I'll mention that here, but, like, the last thing that you and I recorded was was the Zephy Awards for Zack Attack that after doing 31 episodes of Zack Attack. Yeah. We put out the awards, people voted on the awards, and we put the award show together. You can go listen to Zack Attack, the Zack Efron podcast, the Zephys. Where we listed, like, you know, we like we did an award show, we picked yeah. all of our favorite movies, characters, songs, dances, whatever yep, you want. Yep, yep, From the Zack Efron movies we watched. The next thing we're going to record is the first episode of Magic Mike's The Channing Tatum Podcast. That True. will be Coach Carter, which... Are we going front to back or back to We're front? going front to back for him. Okay. So starting from the beginning. So we're starting 2005, yes. And oh, we're wow. working our okay. way new. So Coach Carter is up first. That'll come out on December 11th. What the fuck is Coach Carter even about? Basketball, I want to say? It sounds like it, but I don't know. The other thing that uh, we recorded in the meantime that will be out on December 29th, so we'll mention it again on the Boyfriend Material episode, if we think of it, is that Joe was a guest on Watch the Throne, the Charlize Theron podcast. That podcast debuted today. On December 29th, he's on episode 5, a movie called Trial and Error. He was a guest on that. Mike will be on our podcast here in the very near future. He's going to be on, not this one, we're having no guests for lap 
one on Too Fast Too Forever. We're just gonna go through the movies. We're gonna set it up. Yep. Talk it out. Yep. And then, uh, then we're gonna bring all of our friends on. Yep. Starting lap two. Mike will be on early episodes of Magic Mike's and Boyfriend Material, so he will be back. But Joe will be on my podcast with Mike. Watch the Throne, the Charlie Theron podcast, episode five, Trial and Error, which comes out December 29th. So listen to the Zephys, which is available now, and stay tuned for Coach Carter and also for Trial and Error. All of our podcasts can be subscribed to anywhere you find podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, cageclub.me, all those places. Joe, before we sign off for good, any last thoughts about the Fast and Furious? Or are we going to move on to Too Fast, Too Furious, Too Forever? No, thanks again to Corona. I could have picked any family, but we chose this one. Uh, nobody likes the tuna. Yep. And I have nitrous oxide in my blood. And a gas tank for a brain. Yep. So for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter. You can also email us, family at cageclub.me. Send car pics. Send us hate mail. Send, send us love picks. mail. Send whatever. We will read it on air. We will describe the car pictures on air. Me knowing nothing about cars will make it. That could be a fun game. Is that if somebody sends a car, I have to describe what the car looks like and you can try to guess what oh, that car is. Oh, and I can try to is. guess what car it is? Yeah. I like that. That's a fun one. Yeah, do that. If you want to send in a car pick, also send in what that car is so that I know the answer so that I can then describe it and see if Joe gets it right or not. So I like it. That's a fun game. I wasn't thinking of this, but there is uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Never Not Funny, which is the Jimmy Pardo podcast. And they sort of had a spinoff now called playing games which is sort of like a podcast like a half an hour weekly game show in audio form where they have call-in contestants but there's a game that they played on there this past week called charades by proxy where someone in the studio does charades and the guest describes what they see and the callers have to guess what like, the movie is or whatever. That's really cool. That's a I really like cool it. idea that they came up for that. So it's sort of, you know, similar to that. Send us car picks and the name of the car. I will describe it to Joe, and he can try to guess what it is. So it might go really terribly wrong, which in which case I think it'd be really entertaining, or I might be too good at it and uh, it might not be fun, but let's find out. Family at cageclub.me. But subscribe to this one. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Subscribe to Magic Mike's and Boyfriend Material and Zach. Zack Attack. We have a whole library of Zack Attack episodes and all of our other shows at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And we'll see you next time on Too Fast, Too Forever.